Welcome to the Kim Doyle Show, where I believe business should be fun. Creating, marketing, and mastering your craft is as much about the day-to-day as it is about the big wins and even the epic fails. In this podcast, we're going to talk about all things content marketing, digital marketing, a little bit of mindset, and how to just show up by creating an online business and income that fits your lifestyle. Hey, what's going on? Happy December. Recording this December 1st. Oh my gosh. We are down to one month of this nutty, nutty year. So here's to hoping 2021 is phenomenal. I'm going to expect it. That's my intention. So if you are in the US, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving even though it was probably socially distanced, not everybody was there. I actually drove down to my dad's with my dogs and uh, they're pretty awesome in the car. Someone's like, oh, you're brave. I'm like, nah, they, they love it. They're like my, I don't know, they're my pals and I'll just tell you. And they, they just, they did really good. And it, what I realized is with COVID, like I'm rarely in the car anymore. Like I go to the grocery store, um, you know, every now and then I don't have to get a ton when it's one person. I prefer to order food, to be honest with you. (laughs) I hate cooking. But what I realized and actually probably more reminded myself is how very important it is to get out of the environment you're in all the time. And just change it up perspectives. And, you know, the truth is I was sort of, I was really looking forward to seeing my dad and it was my dad, my son, my two siblings and two of their kids. Uh, We zoomed with my aunt and uncle um, and my daughter did not come up from LA um, because of COVID and, you know, so bad down there anyway. So it was really small, but I, and like I said, I was, I wasn't dreading it. It was just, you know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, getting all that stuff ready to go. And uh, what helped me a ton, uh, and I'm sorry, this is super um, off script, but welcome to the Kim Doyle show. (laughs) But what helped a ton is I listened to audiobooks. You guys know, I'm obviously a huge podcast listener as well. And um, I have a tendency, you know, I take the dogs out back to play ball. I like to walk without it. There's just two of them. So it's a lot easier to help them get exercise that way. Therefore, I've not been out walking as much as I should be, but I really miss listening to audio and getting away. And what's great about listening to audio in the car for me is it, that's all I can do. That's all I can do. So sometimes I'll listen to audio when I'm working, but it depends on what I'm doing. I can't write and listen to audio. Anyway, it was really, really good for inspiration, for my soul, for, for me physically to shift it. And I actually decided, I think I'm going to try to, um, at least a couple times a month, just go for drives and, you know, explore Idaho while I'm still here. Yeah. I'm definitely leaning towards not staying in Idaho only because it's really freaking cold. You guys, (laughs) I just don't think this is, it's cold. It's dry. Um, you know, born and raised in Northern California, it gets cold in the winter, but 
not this cold. Anyway, I want to jump into today's episode, which I feel so strongly about. It is titled, Finish What You Start and Watch Profits Soar. And I have a feeling this might be a bit of a rant, so I'm going to apologize in advance for that. I feel like I'm doing that a lot, you guys. And maybe it's because I'm at this place in my business where my confidence, my conviction, my results are driving a lot for me. I wish you guys could see me. I'm totally talking with my hands like I'm explaining this driving pathway. Um, And the other, the reason for this rant though, it's because I, I care truly. And I'm so tired of seeing this happen. And I have absolutely been there myself. I'm pretty sure that the problem is with the online space in that the reason people start things and never finish them is because they're paying way too much attention to what everyone else is doing, which then sort of creates this weird expectation about what results should be. You know, we tend to see someone else's results and assume that we should have similar results right out of the gate without knowing, you know, we have no idea how many failures or tweaks or attempts or tries the other person has experienced. Then we make assumptions, and this is the collective we, so let's just roll with it because I've been there myself. Um, We make these assumptions based on someone else's results, and when we don't get similar results, we tell ourselves stories about why it worked for them and why it didn't work for us. And oftentimes, this results in, you know, this isn't going to work, and not so much online business in general, but Whatever it is, whether it was a course or a service or a product or something that you released didn't work. So therefore you decide it, it doesn't work, period. End of story, full stop, instead of analyzing it. So here's an example for you guys. Bear with me. I have to pound the water so my skin doesn't look like the Sahara Desert. I need to get a humidifier. That's what I'm going to be doing for every room in the house. Okay, so as an example... I'm in the Thinkific Facebook group and someone who'd had a very successful course launch shared her results with the group. I don't remember the exact figures, but it was a great launch. And I want to say it was close to six figures. So uh, bear with me on that, but are you ready for this? Her niche is weaving. She shared everything she did in terms of marketing Here's a couple of things that I remember. I don't have the Thinkific post. I don't remember her name, so I couldn't really search for it. But she paid for an email drop to an industry magazine. And bear with me if that's not the right term, but I believe it is an email drop. This is basically where you pay somebody with a list. And in this case, I think she paid $1,500 to the industry magazine to email about her course offer. And then that resulted in about $12,000 in course sales. She also ran Facebook ads, which did not have a good return and add to that, that it's a small community. And one of the things she said is that within the community, people talk and share a lot. So a lot of people were sharing and talking about her course. And so she made a a lot of sales that way, as well as her own list and whatnot, which I don't think our list was huge. I'm thinking somewhere between five and 10,000. Talk about this being a good example of the riches are in the niches, right? Um, So let's take that example. And now let's compare it to a product like a Facebook ads course. 
How much competition do you think there is for course teaching how to run Facebook ads? There is a hell of a lot more Facebook ad courses than there are weaving courses. And W-E-A-V-I-N-G, weaving. Again, I didn't go into it. I don't know what type of weaving specifically, but I just remember thinking, good on you. What stood out to me with this post, and I am going to go deeper into um, a story about Facebook ads here, is that um, it was a different traffic source that she had, she had tried something outside of just ads. So she didn't rely on one traffic source for her sales, which a lot of people do. They'll build one thing up and then they don't get it. Why that thing, why that, that traffic source isn't working, or they decide that traffic source doesn't work. Meantime, in the meantime, excuse me, they've not been doing anything to increase the one traffic source. Okay. I'm giving that example because Jody and I just purchased a Facebook ads course from Claire Pelletro based on some amazing results. My friend uh, Maritza Parra got going through her course. And so let me back up and say that Maritza has been marketing online for a long time. I'd have to go back. I've had Maritza on the podcast before and she's just, she's a dear friend. I just adore her to pieces and have watched her evolution. Um, she's hired agencies. We actually met in a mastermind that was based on running Facebook ads. You guys remember me talking about empire years and years ago, she's taken other courses on ads. You name it. We both have hired similar people, the whole nine yards. So we bought the, um, we bought this because of Maritza, um, her results, but she purchased Claire's course based on the recommendation from a coach of hers who had also gotten amazing results. And the difference this time though, and, and not versus, I, I think she'd done other courses, like I said, but, uh, Manita said she was, she made a commitment that she was going to learn the ads herself. And, uh, it, <laughs> she, she was just committed you guys. And I'm, I'm getting a little tongue tied here, tripping over my own words because I'm stuff is coming to me. So we're going to go off script here for a little bit. You know, we've been friends. Like I said, I think we met five or six years ago. Gosh, I, I don't actually remember. Doesn't matter, but I've seen her business evolve and Holy moly has she gotten laser focused over the last couple of years. And she is really becoming a master of her time and attention. And it's, it's phenomenal. Um, but her commitment was to herself, <coughs> excuse me, to get really good at running her ads and getting them working. She wasn't expecting anything to happen overnight. She was just committed. And I will say, this is also why Jody and I have decided to run our own ads as well. You guys know our story a little bit. We had some amazing success last year. Um, and ads were scaling the first agency did a, it doesn't matter. Then the second agency, same thing. And I'll tell you the second agent, we, we, there were pros and cons to both agencies, but I am sort of convinced at this point that no one <laughs> cares about you and your business the way you do, or knows your market or knows your niche. And this is also why I was drawn to Claire's course because she's in the online marketing space. She works with coaches and course creators and has 
Well, I went into the course, I started the course yesterday and I'm already, there's an entire module on really making sure your pixel tracking conversion, all that stuff's right. It's good. Anyways, uh, Manita had shared some amazing results and she has given me permission to share them here. And I'm doing this strictly to, to share what happens when you commit to doing the work, you deploy a little bit of patience and you stay focused, right? You finish what you start. So, okay. Also, if, if, also, if you're listening to the podcast, which if you're hearing that you are listening, but I would recommend checking out the post because it's probably going to be easier to follow up, um, to follow, excuse me, or grasp the results in a written format. So these are, uh, this is Maritza Parra and Maritza, I'm sorry if I'm botching. I'm trying to get over my, I sound stupid when I pronounce people's names because I think it's, um, I don't know. I think it's rude not to try. So there's that. Okay. So this is, these are her words, not mine. And this is what she posted in the private Facebook group for this course. I spent more on Facebook ads than I ever have. Ads were more expensive, but since I was selling a $10 series with a $9 order bump, I made money on the ads and filled my new membership with 177 members. So what I'll tell you is it was a workshop. The $10 series was a workshop called uh, Doodle Your Emotions. Uh, Bonita is a life coach and she is an amazing artist and she's does heartwork journaling and she does a lot of sharing of her artwork in processing emotion. It's She's just amazing. Okay. So she goes on to say, many people joined who have never heard of me. So her free opt-in, she got 15 Hundred over fifteen hundred opt-ins. It's one thousand five hundred forty-two. She had one thousand seven hundred thirty-three dollars in ad spend to the free opt-in page. So you might look at that and think, "Oh, okay." There's you know, she spent seventeen hundred dollars. Let's keep going. So the Doodle Your Emotion ten dollars series. It was a challenge, but she didn't want to use the word challenge, which. <laughs> Can I just do like an amen? Thank you for that, Maritza, because I'm getting exhausted with the challenges and summits. Um, and again, when you're in this space, it's way easier to get exhausted with this stuff a lot. If you remember that people outside of the online marketing space are not as inundated with this stuff as we are. So her Doodle Your Emotions $10 series, she had 728 buyers for the $10 offer. So she made $7,280 on that. She had 429 people take the $9 order bump. So she made $3,861 off of that. She spent $1,873 straight to the Doodle Your Emotions sales page. She spent $2,291 retargeting ad spend to the free doodle opt-in to the subscribers who did not purchase the doodle your emotions workshop. So from the $10 series, she, from that uh, looks like she had $11,141 in sales um, straight to the sales page with a $5,897 ad spend. I'm just rounding up guys. There's, sense here. 
Um, and so she made $5,243 from the series. So she says she's going to reopen the membership for 24 hours on Cyber Monday to give people who missed it the chance to enroll at the founding member price. And she had, oh, sorry, Maritza, she texted me updates. She got even more members. But this is her original post again in the group. So she had 114 yearly members at 297. So she made $33,858. She had 1700 uh, She made $1,700 off of monthly membership. So she had 63 people at $27. And I want to say, let me just, I'm sorry, guys, if this is kind of hard to follow. I'm trying to do it somewhat systematically. What did she say? Um, so now she has, I think, 184. So she went from, okay, so she, she did some sales on Cyber Mondays. I'm not going to try and make this more difficult. All right, so let's round everything up, right? Total $35,559 she made with the 114 at 297 membership sales. $496, $496, guys, ad spend to membership sales page. She says, I was a little overwhelmed, so these ads were almost an afterthought. Building a team is next on my agenda. Total was $35,062 from membership. Total cash collected, ready for this, $40,000. $40,305 cash collected from the membership and the $10 series. She has a bonus lesson on month six and another on month 12. Plus we'll be working on retention for sure. Her total, total sales guys in all this, since this was probably not super easy to follow $59,016 and 63 cents. She then says, thank you for this life changing course. Claire Pelletro talk about a testimonial. I feel like every time I started ads, you're always right there with me in your videos, giving me the confidence to spend more money on ads. I was already a successful life coach, but this brings something I've been dreaming about for a long time at leverage with a one on many model. Happy Thanksgiving and thank you. Holy moly, guys. Talk about powerful results. And I did. This is, I've broken down her results. So it's a lot easier to read in the post if you want to check that out. Um, so back to Marita. I have watched her over the last couple of years get so focused and, and stay the course. It's a novel idea, isn't it? She's the epitome of trusting her gut, following her intuition, and simply doing the work. Of course, there's ups and downs. We're we're dear friends. We talk. I know that there's life stuff that happens or there's challenges, and she's been through all of her own stuff on and off. We all have. None of us are, are immune to life happening. It's what you do after... <laughs> You know, it's what you do with those things when they happen. All right. So that's uh, Maritza's results. And I think it's amazing. And thank you, my friend, for letting me share that because it speaks so powerfully to the the stick-to-itiveness and finishing what you start. She made a commitment to get this course, to get them to understand her ads. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> uh, this is what happens when you live somewhere very dry. Okay, I'm done whining. It's really pretty here, you guys. And I'm no complaints other than I'm cold. I, I I just think her results are amazing and super inspiring. And which is why <laughs> I, I just shared that with Jody yesterday. And she's like, let's just get the course. Let's just get the course. And because we're committed as well. So finishing does not always mean that you don't complete. Excuse me. Um, 
not finishing, I should say, because I've seen so many people start something and not finish it. And I'm not talking about, you know, not launching a website or not doing this or not doing that. That's not necessarily that obviously is part of not finishing, but that's not really what I'm referring to here. Finishing does not always mean you don't complete the creation or ship it. And I think for the sake of this explanation, let's assume I am talking about a course, but it could be any product. It could be a one-off. It could be a membership. It could be coaching. It could be a service. You create a course, you launch it, and it sells. Yay, go you, right? You have some results. You have some success with it. Fantastic. Then you go back to business as usual. Maybe you have client work or a follow-up course that you want to create. So you just kind of get back to your day-to-day. And guys, I'm not talking, there will be times where maybe you launch something and it does well, but you're like, eh, I don't know how in alignment that is with my brand or a customer journey or where does this fit in? You know, this is not to say that a one-off course or workshop isn't valuable. You have to kind of understand your why behind it. Um, but I, I'm talking about sort of those things that do well that are not going to go anywhere. You know, what can I give you an example of? Here we go. So like I did list explosion, it's something I'm always going to sell, but I have got, I'm getting so much clearer on how Kim Doyle fits in with content creators planner and what goes where my F the hustle newsletter is doing fantastic. I am beyond having fun with that. And I really think it's a great entry point for new people. So I'm looking at okay, what make, what's a logical next step? And so I'm not saying you have to, you know, and everything you create needs to have a lifelong commitment. That's not what I'm talking about. But so in the case, in the scenario that we're talking about with the course here, this is what not finishing looks like. So you're not doing anything to drive new leads into a funnel or list who could use your course. And so think of this probably as more of, whether it's an entry level course or a signature course, but it's something that has real sticking power and some evergreen. Kind of like our masterclass. We haven't, I'd like to redo the masterclass. And when I do, we'll add more and it'll go up. But I, we've not added a bunch of stuff to the content creators planner, right? So again, number one, you're not doing anything new to drive leads into a funnel or list who could use your course. You don't email your list. For the love of God, (laughs) I am shouting here. You do not own any of the audiences you have on social media. Please stop treating that audience like an email list because it's not, guys. You're, You're doing yourself such a disservice by spending all your time and energy on social platforms and not moving those people into a list that you own. You have no automation that leads people to the offer to purchase your course. You only rely on one traffic source for sales. You stop quote unquote launching, right? You released it, you put it out in the world and every now and then maybe you offer a sale or you, you share it. I'm going to ask you a question and I want you just to think about this because it has hit me, uh, just like a ton of bricks this year. Have you ever noticed that people who have really successful courses continually release them? Whether it's evergreen or live, they do not stop. They've got automations and processes in place and they keep 
releasing and launching that thing. They don't just, they don't keep hopping on from next to next to next to next. The other thing that I want you to really think about is people with successful businesses are not, and I'm going to use a phrase that Russell Brunson uses. They're not the dancing monkey on social media. Is he on social media all the time? Yeah, he does a lot of stories on Instagram. I would guess that that's probably his favorite. But he also has a team of people who are doing everything else. He records a podcast and he does Instagram stories. And then his team repurposes stuff. Personally, I do not want to be a dancing monkey on social media all day. I just don't. Um, And lastly, you move on to your next thing before you've completed the foundation for the first thing you launched. Guys, I get it. None of that is sexy. But I promise you, it becomes sexy when it starts working. Remember the new saying Jody and I use all the time? I I believe I've shared this on the podcast. We're like, this shit works. (laughs) Which is hysterical. We've both been doing this for a long time. But marketing and growing a business is consistency. It's measuring what worked, what didn't, and course correcting. You guys, I'm not saying, (coughs) excuse me, sorry for all the coughs. I am not saying that you can't do new things or try things. I really, I'm not saying that at all. But holy moly, does your business do better when you're focused and you streamline things? As an example, yesterday, Jody and I had a call with our Facebook ads rep. And a little disclaimer, I don't know how you get a rep. They reach out to you after you've spent a certain amount of money, I believe. And we had had other reps reach out to us when we were running We've been running ads now for close to two years, two years in May. So a year and a half, I guess I can do math. Um, And we'd had other ad reps reach out to say, how can we help you? And it wasn't until this last agency that we worked with, our account rep at the agency was great. What up, Chris? And excuse me, he actually got on the phone with our rep and said, she's really good. He, He thought she could help us. So anyway, yesterday we have, we actually have one or two weekly calls with her right now. And I think we get it free for like 90 days. So we are making the most of this time. So she's great. Like I said, she's super smart. She really knows Facebook business manager and is helping us with a handful of things in in terms of creating, you know, custom audiences and lookalike audiences based on customer purchase value. I mean, there's, there's a lot of pretty ninja stuff that happens in there. Um, but right now we, we just feel like there's a lot of cleanup we've had to do. We've had pixel issues and, you know, one agency to the next agency. And so it's like, all right, we think everything is essentially cleaned up. Um, and we're, we're scaling slower than we'd like, but it's because we want to do it correctly. Anyway, yesterday the rep, she couldn't totally understand why something wasn't working better. And then she had mentioned Facebook has something called influencer marketing where you can get in touch with influencers via Facebook. It's like a whole other type of way you can do advertising. Another one was, um, Oh, instant experience, instant article experience. I forget. It's, it's a, it's a different placement and it looks different. We had turned off the, I'm totally drawn a blank instant article experience. I don't know. It's, Kind of reminds me of how AMP stories, accelerated mobile pages, can appear through Google, right? Anyways, we turned those off, and she was surprised they hadn't worked. <clears throat> so she's, she starts asking us about 
the influencer marketing and we want to look into that. And I basically, she was going to click over and look at that. And and I kind of put the brakes on that. And Jody was totally on the same page with me because I, I was like, why would we start something else? This has worked for us. We killed it last year at this time of year, like going into fourth quarter and then planning for the new year. And it's a quarterly planner and all this stuff. So there, all that would do this, this influencer marketing would be a massive distraction. Is it worth looking at? Yeah. Later when we get what we're doing, working first, I don't, you know, it's that look a squirrel, look a squirrel. There's a ton of different traffic sources and Jody and I are going to try them. We absolutely want to test Google and YouTube ads, but we have history. We have data. We have results with this. So we want this working. We also know that our next step is getting some higher ticket stuff on the back end. So I'm not going to go sideways with that, but all that would have done is distract us and further delay us from dialing in the ads we are doing and getting them working. We've done it before and we'll do it again, you know, but I'm just, I'm not willing to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We're going to get these working, which is also why we bought Claire Pelletro's uh, absolute Facebook ads course. Uh, this is the same one that uh, Maritza raved about. And I, the cool thing about this, I had looked at her course. Oh, I want to say over the summer, maybe um, I've been listening to her podcast for most of this year. And this is all because of uh, Maritza. So Claire, if you hear this or read this, shout out. She really has been praising you for a while. But um, I'd been looking at it because she has, and I'll just give you guys the link. I don't have an affiliate link or anything. Um, and obviously, we don't have results yet with the ads. But it's clairepels.com forward slash five ads, the number five and ads. She has five specific types of ads. She says you should be running. One of them is lead generation. And so she really teaches quality lead gen ads. After this past Black Friday, Cyber Monday, which literally ended yesterday and today is now what giving Tuesday or something. Um, I don't know, guys, if we don't have this machine up and running next October, like, <laughs> it's just exhausting. Anyway, that's a total non sequitur. Um, but after this, th- this was really our second like Black Friday, Cyber Monday thing. We did it last year, the year before we were still pulling together the planner to launch the failed Kickstarter, the infamous failed Kickstarter. Um, but the reason this, this weekend was so we did, we did well, um, but, and I'd have to double check, but I think we did better with our emails than we did with our ads ad costs go up at this time of year. We hadn't totally dialed them in before going into this weekend. But we knew from that, we know from that, that it's time really to step up and get a quality lead gen ad that has an offer attached to it. Why? Because we make money when we send emails. We have worked really hard at our follow-up sequences. Uh, We launched the Creativity Published Newsletter, which is now uh, has 21 issues. Pretty pumped about that. Also, what inspired me to launch the F the Hustle newsletter. Jody now has Fresh Squeezed. I am loving the newsletters, but we'll do a whole other episode on that later. Um, but we also create content that supports and provides value to our audience. This is the long game. So what we're doing now is we're going to pre-record a training webinar, which we've already given and it's already been created. So we know the webinar works and is valuable. 
We're going to run ads to the free training. And then of course, we'll make an offer at the end of the training. This is all to cold traffic. We're going to create a follow-up sequence for everyone that registers for the webinar. And then we'll send emails accordingly based on behavior. Did they watch? Did they buy? Did they not? Blah, 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 all that stuff, right? Then we nurture those leads with valuable content and continue making offers to them. Notice that none of this includes creating a new product because we've decided we're not selling enough. Now, we know we have a good product. We know our audience. We know the problem it solves. This is all about getting the machine working and then scaling that. We did this with our purchase follow-up sequences, you guys. We created them when we first launched, and then we added what we needed when we created the Trello product. And then this past summer, we revised all of the purchase follow-up sequences and improved them all. We wrote new copy, we improved the design of the emails, and we updated all the campaign flows. None of that was fun. Okay, not totally true. Uh, Fortunately for me, uh, Jody does the stuff that makes my brain hurt. But it was a lot of work. And I want to remind you that, (coughs) excuse me, that we both have our own personal brands and businesses that we're working on as well. So maybe we could get some of this stuff done quicker. But the bottom line is that we're committed to getting what we've already created working before adding anything else. And trust me, we have plenty of ideas and plans. And don't, I should say, most of that is, you know, like version two of the planner. We're going to add some other stuff. Um, It's not so much like whole new product lines. And well, there is an idea in there, but there's plenty to do. At the same time, we also know what we want our lives to look like. We are really clear on that. And this is also off script here. I, you know, I was telling you guys, I was listening to a lot of audio. Um, I recently bought Christine Kane. It's K-A-N-E, Soul Sourced Entrepreneur, I believe it is. Soul Sourced, yeah. I bought the Kindle. And then I bought the physical book because I love writing and taking notes. And I'm anxiously waiting for the audio book to come out. Christine, I am guessing, is my age. Uh, you know, Jody and I are similar age. Um, and then I'd also been listening to one of the podcasts I listened to driving was with Claire Pels and Mariah Cause, who's a big, um, she's got um, some amazing products. I've not taken one. I'm going to. She's, But she's a big believer in evergreen and automation and still providing massive value at a higher level through that process. So, but it's, it's just fun to listen to. I want my guess is Mariah causes in her early thirties. And so I'm 50. I'm guessing Christine Kane is early is 50 ish. Um, and it's just funny when you listen to where people are at, at their stages in life. And for sure, 20 years ago, I was like, you know, I wore busy like a badge of honor. Now, um, I love that I can nap. If I want to. Doesn't mean I don't have big plans and goals, but eh, I, I really appreciate the pace and quality of my life. You know, I've raised kids alone, all those things you get to the other side. It's just fun to pay attention. And with that little off script, I will recommend you find those people that you can pick and choose from. You know, obviously not everything I say is going to resonate with you. I hope a lot of it does, but if it doesn't, don't take it and that's okay. So when you find those things, you get to create this exactly how you want. And that's what I love about finding people who inspire me and make me realize, okay, I can step up. I can step into something new. I won't do it that way, but I'll take this from this person, if that makes sense. Anyway, 
have also linked to, uh, Jody wrote a great article called I have idea for you. <laughs> so that's linked to in the post as well. All right. So let's kind of wind down the rant piece of this, uh, storytelling maybe, ah, cause this might be a little ranty, but let's really talk about how to finish what you start. This is probably not going to be the answers that most people, these are not going to be the answers that most people want to hear, but I'm going to keep it real with you. The first thing you have to do is get your mindset right. What I mean by that is decide that you're in this for the long haul. You don't build a sustainable business by starting and stopping all the time. The example that came to me, and I haven't done any research on this, so we'll see how right or wrong I am. But I'm thinking of the cereal brand in the United States, Kellogg's, right? Do you think they produced their first cereal type, which I believe was cornflakes, sold a few, and then then jumped on to more varieties of cereal? No, they built a brand. They, you know, they got it. They expanded the distribution, I'm sure, you know, kind of makes me want to look up the history of Kellogg's now. But, you know, they didn't launch with 52 things or they didn't sell one brand. And, you know, it, you know, my, you get my point, guys. Or you think about one of the things that amazes me is when people say, oh, the market's saturated or this or that. I, I always go back to um, look at beverages. And we're in this time today where it's like craft beverages, whether it's beer or wine or energy drinks or tea, it doesn't matter. People are craving the non-brand names. They like discovering all these unique craft style, you know, small businesses who are producing really cool stuff. And so, you know, when, when a market feels saturated, it's because there's a market for it. You know, if, if you have an idea for something and you don't see it anywhere else, you could be the massive innovator needed, or it could be because there really isn't a demand for it. But you absolutely have to get your mindset right. Like, this is the one thing I always think about. How much more successful do you think you would be when you launch or release a product if your foundation is built and works? Seriously, if you create something, and and here's the thing, you, I, I so get just pulling the trigger. Like when we launched Content Creators Planner, the one thing I'm really glad we did do was have the masterclass right away. I, I didn't know anything about e-commerce, but I'm like, I know that we need an order bump or we need something else to increase the cart value. I know that uh, Trey Llewellyn is a good friend of mine. He is kind of the king of e-commerce. And like the stories he's told about, you know, after somebody makes a purchase and you sell them two or three more of the same thing that they already bought, you'd be surprised. That's a different, it's, you know, different markets or whatnot. But so we did that right. Um, but so I get deploying and going, okay, like we didn't have a one-time offer. We didn't wait to do that. We got it out there. But then you see the focus that we've kept in building the brand. Like we've wanted to launch a podcast for that brand. We don't have the time right now. We knew we could do the newsletter. You know, so you look at what can you do and what can you stick with, but you have to decide that you're in this for the long haul. All right. So get your mindset right. You guys, I literally work on my mindset all the freaking time. And I had heard this years ago when I was starting my business. And I thought because I listened to, <laughs> you know, I joke around that, you know, one of the, my, one of my first, the first side I ever did was a self-help chick. And again, I think you can look it up. It's still up there. I haven't done anything with it. Um, and 
I would say I got into sort of the self-help motivational space when I was like 22. And it's completely evolved over time. And I thought because I was this positive person and I read this stuff and I listened to this stuff and I believed that was all that it was, that was required. Um, And that is a great place to start for myself. What has been life changing is the self-responsibility. Where am I not, you know, stepping up or where am I not seeing something through, uh, you know, and that's a whole other episode, but okay, let's move on to uh, how to finish what you start. So first, get your mindset right. Second is be patient. <laughs> Again, not exciting, but it takes what it takes. I remember jokingly saying to my therapist that, yeah, it took me 17 years to talk to you about this. And she's like, I don't even see it that way, you know, and that it takes what it takes is so true. I really, with every ounce of my being, feel that when the student is ready, the teacher appears. When you're ready to play a bigger game, you'll be surprised at how quickly stuff starts lining up. But stop judging yourself for not being where you think you're supposed to be. Not to mention, (laughs) this is where, this is the other piece that you could really frustrate yourself with, but use this as a motivator next time you don't want to follow through. How much further along do you think you'd be if you had stuck with one thing, built a really solid foundation and got it working? I mean, think about something that maybe you sold or I mean, I'll back this up. Uh, When I was the WordPress chick, I had a course called Diving to Genesis. It sold. People loved it. I got great feedback. I just could not push it. I, there was something in me that felt, I really, really dealt with a lot of imposter syndrome uh, as a WordPress chick, because I was like, I'm not a coder, I'm not a programmer, blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't until I owned that and said, well, I'm here just to kind of teach the everyday user the stuff I figured out. But I, I never could go too far with that, guys. I mean, I published uh, a Kindle book <laughs> that I used to make money off of. I, I really got into it. And I really love that was probably the first product product, I would say that I created. I had other little one off things here and there. But um you know, what could that have looked like? And again, I trust because I am so much more in my element with content marketing um, than, you know, the WordPress niche per se. Um, But what would that have looked like if I had been emailing consistently and focused on growing a list of people who could have solved that? And you know what I'm saying? So instead of half-assing things over and over again, become a master of your craft. So many marketers I know overcomplicate things. It's problem solution result. From there you tweak. Um, And this one is is another one. I keep saying I'm on a mission about things. I have lots of missions for 2021, I guess. But this one is you always need to be selling. Some people may be born to sell. Then there's the rest of us. For most creatives, I don't think it's what comes natural. But you're going to be miserable if you do not learn how to do this. And yes, you can learn to sell. Enough of the bullshit of how to sell without being salesy. You know, it only feels salesy because you don't know how to do it and you don't do it consistently. You know, it, and this is one of my <laughs> pissy other, my other pissy rant. Um, but is you don't see courses or products outside of online, nobody talks about, you know, how to sell without being salesy. It's just how to sell. It's how to sell. 
There's human psychology. We buy based on emotion. People justify based on logic. All of this stuff can be learned. You may never like doing it, but if you don't, you're never going to to scale your business. Um, I truly think most people are coming from a place of integrity, but you have to get really honest with yourself and hold yourself accountable. Does it not feel right because it's not language you would use, or does it not feel right because it's new and it's outside of your comfort zone? Right? And you can want to all day long come up with language that's soft and excuse the term here, but a little bit coddling and isn't direct and isn't asking for the offer. And then you can not be depositing money in the bank. That sounds so harsh, guys, but I'm telling you, this stuff has been around a long time. Yes, you have to do it in a language that is in integrity with who you are, but don't assume that because it feels icky, it's just because it's icky language. It's simply not your comfort zone, which is, of course, the next step in finishing what you start is that you have to step outside of your comfort zone. This really hit hard, hit home hard for me last week when I was doing this drive to and from California to see my dad for Thanksgiving. Um, I listened to an audiobook each way, like a full audiobook, which is great, unabridged. The dogs came with me. It was a it was really a nice little drive. Um, but even though I listened to both of these audiobooks, there was one very clear message that resonated with me. They were both on uh, business money, manifesting, like really getting in alignment, that type of thing. Um, you have to learn to be comfortable with discomfort. We're not going to grow by doing the same things we've always done. And I'm talking about growing personally and growing professionally, you know, growing your business. It's just, you're not going to get to the next level. Sorry, I don't know what other term to use, but you're not going to get to that next income level that whatever it is that the list growth, the course sales, whatever it is, you're not going to get there by doing the same things that got you here. You're just not. Um, I've had, I've seen a handful of entrepreneurs never grow because they really don't need to, you know, so they play they continue to play it safe or they kind of play it business, to be honest with you, which is fine. There's, I'm not judging that. And this usually is when there is a spouse or a partner who covers all the living expenses. So they treat their business much more like a hobby than a real business. But when you need to make that income, when you're the sole provider for you and your family um, or yourself, it doesn't matter. The only way to change your current situation is to change what you do and how you do it. And the best way to do this is to get honest with yourself and try to remove. This is one of thousands of, you know, nuggets I get from my therapist. It's a reminder that this is not about judgment. It's not right or wrong, good or bad. It just is. So don't keep doing what you've done. And if that means you are currently starting and stopping and starting and stopping and starting and stopping, that's on you. And, and ask yourself why. Really take the time. You guys, why do you think I still talk to my therapist besides she's awesome? She helps me be responsible, self-responsible. You know, I can say, I don't want to keep doing this or I, I want to shift this. And so I do the work. I look at stuff that's uncomfortable because I want to be the best version of myself. All right. And the last... And not least, of course, is to be consistent. We all fall off. 
from being consistent from time to time. And it's okay. You guys, I've had plenty of different times in my business when the podcast was paused due to life circumstances, and it's fine. I There's nothing in me that feels a need to apologize for taking care of myself. Like when I lost my mom or, you know, when things were really tough with my son during high school, like, nope. I don't, I I feel no need to apologize to that, uh, for that. Um, I shared, this is what happened. I, but I don't, I don't like making a big deal out of it. I mean, obviously losing my mom was a big deal and I recorded a podcast and cried through it, but I, I showed up and I did it and I went back to taking care of myself. I communicated what was going on and then you get back to it. Every time things go sideways and you create this big to-do about being gone, and now you're back, what you don't realize is every single time, sorry, I've been missing, or you know, you disappear, and then you come back. Every single time you do that, I I keep saying I believe. Obviously, I believe. This is <laughs> my show. I'm, I'm telling you. But I really believe that you start chipping away at your own, at, at the trust you have in yourself. Because you keep saying I'm back and I've got plans and then you don't stick with it. And I've got, I'm back and I've got plans, acknowledge and move on and get back at it. Right. And I also think that this happens with our audiences. Every time you say you're going to do something and you don't, it, it holds a lot less weight. You know, it's, it's just like, Oh, okay. And you know, people are going to disappear and that's fine, but just make the decision that you're going to be consistent. What you need to do, does your audience want to know what's going on? Sure. But just be direct guys and get back to providing them value. Do not go into the drama and the stories. I don't feel that those stories serve your audience, which, you know, you need to to get real there with yourself. Okay. I don't know where I was going with that (laughs) at this point, but what you need to do is decide what you want to be consistent consistent with and just do it. You do not need to be consistently everywhere all the time. Man, I'm uh so appreciative to Jody for a lot of things, but looking at essentialism and what works and what doesn't work is so much gosh, it will make the biggest difference in your life. You know, remember me, I am all about F the hustle. I like to write. I like to write content and emails. I like to podcast. And I do some occasional live streams and webinars. I do like connecting and engaging with people. I do not want to spend my time on social media all day. In fact, outside of paid traffic and my group, I'm seeing much less of a return on organic social. Now, for anybody out there that's killing it, like, uh, uh, I would say we're friends. I We've had a chit chat before. Uh, this guy I know, Eddie Smith, is killing it with Instagram organic. I don't I don't want to do Instagram organic. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm doing it. But like, I don't want to pivot and put a ton of time into that. I don't necessarily enjoy it. I do enjoy writing. I, I'm loving doing the newsletter. I love podcasting. I like showing up live now and then. I don't want to be a dancing monkey on social media all day. And that maybe that's a, a harsh term and I'm not judging anybody who likes doing that. That's how it makes me feel. And so I'm at a point in my life where I don't want to do it. And I'm not saying social is not valuable guys, not saying that at all, but outside of sharing my own content and engaging with people, I'd rather pay to build assets, to be honest with you, a list of subscribers, buyers, website traffic. And, and I don't mean necessarily only 
paying in terms of paid traffic, but I would rather spend my time and energy creating an asset on my site, which has a much bigger chance of consistent traffic and growth because of SEO, that kind of stuff, right? But but really, guys, just pick one or two things you can stick with and go all in with them. Give it a few months of consistent focused action and then measure the effectiveness of it, right? And when you start looking at that stuff, like with site traffic or podcasting, whatever it is, <coughs> excuse me, YouTube. YouTube, obviously, like I used to get a lot of traffic from YouTube when I was doing WordPress how-to tutorials. There's a part of me that thinks, oh, I got to jump into the video. I got it. And I might, I might not, but there's no way I'm going to do it until I've got the time and the energy to stick with it. You know, so really look at what's working and then can you go in and make it better? So because I'm getting good results with the newsletter, and this is the F the Hustle newsletter, if you're not on the list, jump on. Uh, there's an opt-in in the post. Um, and pretty soon I will have a direct funnel for that. But, you know, because of the results I'm getting from it, it's like, boom, that's my primary site opt-in at this point. And you guys, I, d- I have the free course that was doing great. But I'm looking at the data. Which one is converting better? all right, this one is converting really well right now. It's resonating with people. I get responses back. I get emails back. Now I'm looking at, you know, tools that help do some uh, spark loop. I just signed up for this and it's where you can do sort of viral referrals. So if you get people to share it, then they get, uh, you offer them something else. So I'm just interested in testing this and trying some newsletter directories or whatever it is. Why? Because it's working and I enjoy doing it. You have to come back to, that I mean, if you feel like you're supposed to be, you know, doing the Gary V more, 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 you're it's just gonna suck, guys. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. That just is so. Oh, it just makes me want to go take a nap right now. <laughs> you know, if you want to build a team to do that, great. But what I'll tell you, I have paid for a Pinterest person who was fantastic at what she did. Didn't see a ton of, of traffic from Pinterest, and I gave that a good six seven, eight months. I gave that a chunk of time. Um, we did it for content creators planner. We have someone that helps us. We use co-schedule and missing letter to push our content out. But then we had someone posting more on Instagram. Eh, honestly, we get more growth on Instagram because of the, the ads we run. So, I mean, we get more organic growth in conjunction with running ads. So I don't know guys. And I, you know, I'm not a social media expert. All I'm saying is consistency, consistency works. This is when we know we are almost at the hour mark because I really start tripping over my words. Um, And you have to enjoy what you do. You have to enjoy the stuff you do. There's always going to be parts of our business that we don't love doing and that's fine. But if the bulk of what you do is enjoyable, I mean, it was, I don't know what spurred, what spurred this? Oh, I know. It was a conversation. What up, Devinder? We were, I was talking to my friend Devinder this morning. I was like, this is my podcast episode. And I have another one uh, that's coming out. I might push it this weekend. Uh, or we, I went deeper into F the hustle with a friend of mine, but um, it really inspired this. So for the last few hours, I've had a blast writing this episode, recording this podcast. It felt great. And I love doing this. I, I miss this, but I also knew you know, it just, I knew when it was time. So <sighs> again, give it a few months, be consistent, take focused action, and then measure what's working and do more of what's working. You guys, I said to someone once, I was like, you know, marketing is just math. It really is. 
and I shouldn't say it's just math because you do have to be able to be clear about the message, who you serve, the problems you solve, and how you can help people get results. You know, so you you have to do that. I've talked to you guys about really having fun with learning copy and it's it's going to probably just be a lifelong practice. I'm never going to be a copywriter, but really paying attention to connecting with somebody and the words you're choosing and getting that to inspire action because you can solve a real problem they have. And then how do you do that better? And how do you do more of that? It, this is not about always reinventing the wheel. And okay, and rant. So here's my request. Let's make 2021 the year you stop stopping. And I will say I stole that from Russell Brunson. I think he had a whole podcast episode called Stop Stopping. Um, just let it take what it takes. And when you decide to make something, ship it, publish it, evaluate it, see what worked, see what didn't, you know, give your creations time to grow and evolve, build the foundation. I promise you, your profits will soar, which was this episode title, when you focus on creating something solid, and you really finish what you start. And in many ways, this is probably contrary, but it's kind of like you're almost never done here, you know, but give things, give things like the opportunity to really get some legs under them. And, you know, guys, this is again, I, another mission, many of my missions, but this is a personal mission is to really dial in traffic and list growth because without it, you know, you're constantly going to be banging your head against the wall. That's another episode also. So I love you guys tons. Thanks for your uh, continued listening and (laughs) patience with any of these rants. And so I will be having probably in the next week or two, some announcements coming out about what I am going to be releasing and launching. I'm very excited about that. If you've not left a review on iTunes, I would love it. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you listen. Uh, It means the world to me and I will catch you next time.